0: Hello and welcome to Production Wise, the podcast in which we celebrate the work of the great music producers by listening to their complete production discographies in search of their signature sound. I'm your host, James. I'm joined by, well, between Pony Boy and Candy Boy, we have Graham. Hello there, Graham. How are you? Hello. I'm very good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited. I'm in an excitable, chirpy mood today. Appropriately, because we are going to be discussing the fine work of the sadly departed Sophie. That feels a bit uh, inadequate, a bit vague to say just Sophie, but that's who we're talking about, isn't it, Graham?
1: Yep, yep. She, she, she was a legend.
0: She was a legend. She still is, Graham. Hey, don't talk that way. She still is. She still is. Um, yes, very excited to be talking about Sophie today. Um, now this is this is a bit of a different kettle of fish, mainly because unfortunately this is someone who died very young, uh, just last year at the age of 34, and it means we've got a uh, a bit of a smaller production discography than usual. But there's a huge amount that gets done there, and it's such a strong flavour um, that it was just it was just such a pleasure to delve into all this stuff. Um, I mean, who who, who are we going to be talking about in this episode, Graham?
1: Um... We're going to be talking, you know, mainly about Sophie's own work. But then she also did some great productions for Vince Staples, Mm -hmm. um, Liz, Let's Eat Grandma, maybe even Madonna, you know.
0: Madonna, my favourite three syllables. Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, she she, she got around in a very short period of time. Um, We're going to get into everything we possibly can. We're going to be talking PC music. We're going to be talking bondage i'm sure at some points um i hope you enjoy our exploration of the fine work of the wonderful sophie
1: sophie zenon had you been familiar with sophie's work uh, a couple of years ago when she launched
0: uh, i knew i knew of sophie i knew of her as thing as as uh, as people say these days or probably more more like five years ago people used to say that um and i'd given i'd given her album a try um just because it got it got a lot of i don't know if it necessarily got a lot of hype it got a lot of real adulation when it came out i think people were really blown away when that album came out and we'll talk about kind of what that album's like and how it presents and and all that kind of stuff, but I was going into it really expecting, I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting something that I couldn't really imagine, and this definitely wasn't what I expected it to be. That that, that debut album, um, so I was a bit like, oh, I feel old. This isn't for me. I don't know what this is. I don't get it anymore. I've, I've you know I'm just going to go back to the '90s and listen to Apex Twin. I don't know what's going on. Um, and kind of left it at that, really, with Sophie. But she always popped up. She kind of represents this this part of the pop world that is a bit intimidating to me, In you know, over the past 10 years. Um, somewhere where I've always wanted to get involved and just kind of can't really find my way in. Um, so doing this episode, doing the, the listening for this episode, it was like, okay, James, you've got no choice but to just dive in and do it. Um what
1: about you, Graeme? I was first aware of her um, probably in 2014 when Lemonade came out. Ooh. Probably because of Pitchfork or somewhere. Uh, Pitchfork, we were really into Sophie, like, very early on. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just remember hearing Lemonade and just being like, whoa. Whoa. That's different. Yeah. yeah, this is different. And then I sort of, I didn't, ma- like, you know, follow on to everything she did. But I was I was definitely like, aware of her ever since, and cool. I, there was definitely a period where I tried to get into PC music, which is the genre of pop you were mentioning. Uh, and it, as soon as I started listening, I got that feeling of, wow, this I'm too old for this. <laughs> really? This is not. Yeah. This is not for me. I feel like you know when when the boomers were like listening to punk rock music and they were like ah these kids. I was like ah these Mate. kids and their PC music. So, yeah, that's where I'm coming in from.
0: Uh, and I would probably say, again, I might be wrong about this, but this stuff generally feels. I would imagine you're slightly more inclined towards this stuff than I am. Yeah, it's kind I'd of say strange so. Strange pop.
1: Um, I'd say I'm more inclined to the pop elements, and you're probably a bit more interested in the uh, warpy.
0: Yeah. Element. Yeah, definitely the the IDM stuff. But we'll see. we'll see. I mean, is that is that what Sophie even is? I don't know. We'll find out as, as, as the episode goes on. <laughs> so I think the first
1: track we're going to talk about is Nothing More To Say. It's from the Nothing More To Say EP released in 2013. I think a different version of the track had circulated around um, before, but this is like what you can find on official release. So there's Nothing More To Say dub, Nothing More To Say vocal edit, and then the B-side is E eh, or E. Eh. <laughs> it's both. Um, it's all those things. Yeah.
0: Uh, what did you think of the dub, first of all? Um, I was surprised to, because obviously, you know, this was the first thing I listened to for, for this episode. I was surprised how much of a straight up dance tune this was. Um, you know, it's, it's, very, it's very big and very detailed and the sounds are very worked on and and nice to listen to but really structurally it's a straight up house tune with that you know that's led with a big female vocal sample um i mean it kind of clatters around quite nicely and it's very chirpy and and just upbeat but i was expecting you know, the Sophie episode, I thought this is going to be all about, this is going to be just like a total ghost train of, of just like nastiness and craziness. And for it to be such a conventional start was a big surprise to me. I don't know. I mean, not to, not to say that I didn't enjoy it. It's a really, really lovely tune. What about you, Graham?
1: Yeah, I'd I'd say this is the part of dance music that I like the most. Just these big, warm sort of stabbing pads. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's super straightforward compared to as you go on in the discography, and I'd I'd never heard this before, so I was yeah also surprised that it was such a sort of it's a it's a nice little way to start the journey really.
0: Yeah, yeah, a, a, a bit more welcoming than I was expecting. I thought the really strange thing about the Vox edit of of nothing more to say was that. Even though the original dub version—I'm saying the original—it's just—it's just ahead of it in the in the track listing. I don't know if necessarily one comes before the other, um, but the Vox version, more or less, just through changing the structure slightly and leading with that kind of whoa 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 vocal at, at right at the start, it just turns it into a straight-up pop song all of a sudden, rather than a dance track. You know, she just—all all she really does is—is—is is, is mess around with the structure and when the sounds come in it's not like a totally different version or a remix or anything like that um or i suppose it is kind of it's like the definition of a remix (laughs) that, that that second version you know what i mean um what i mean is she doesn't take this massively different approach she changes a few things structurally and you more or less have a have a different feeling to the song and all of a sudden it sounds like it could be on the radio rather than in a in a mix or something like that
1: yeah, I think you can tell from just listening to the two that you're going to f- hear now a sort of almost scientific approach to the programming and all the songs. You know, everything has been put in for a reason at the right time. Or well, as you said, things would be changed around and experimented with. But at the same time, everything about Sophie is so synthetic, but it yeah. feels so high energy
0: yeah and I, I definitely agree with your 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 um point about it being a slightly scientific approach um but i think that actually plays into the aesthetic as well um as you know as as thing as we go on it's it, we will get these more abstract moments we will definitely also get much poppier moments than than this than this first e p um but there is this feeling that she's just testing sounds trying things out um in a in an almost laboratory way does that work well never mind we'll try something else does that work um what about uh i thought it was it so nice in 80s yeah yeah definitely a bit of an 80s feel
1: oh. yeah nothing really jumped out about it though compared to the other two i, I can see why it was the
0: b-side yeah, I know what you mean. It doesn't. It doesn't have that immediacy. It's not as memorable as the other ones. I. I, I think um, the. I mean the, the percussion on the previous two songs, I liked a lot, um, and I liked how they kind of opened out very nicely. But I. What I thought was with with air, uh, there was definitely a lot more sound play going on on it. It's less of a less of a tune and definitely less memorable. But I like the dampness in the, in the kick. Um, I really liked, I just like the physicality of it. All of a sudden, it, there, is a, there is a very synthetic feel to it. But at the same time, the sounds do feel very physical. It sounds you know, A lot of the time, something real sounds like it's being worked with. Um A lot of the time a real object feels like it's being struck or something like that. You know what I mean? You almost get a room sound to some of these to some of these things, even though they are so clean and unreal sounding um and I thought, yeah was the sort of very beginnings of that It's the first kind of glimmer of, of that aspect of our sound, I thought
1: yeah what I find it so interesting is when we now move on to um the first set of singles from that would eventually be. Collected in the product E p or I guess it's just like an l p but it's quite short it's only like seven mm-hmm. seven or eight songs um they sound so fully formed to me yeah. like you're right with the air you can see the sort of beginnings, but the the time you get to bip, which is the next single mm. it is like she suddenly has a game plan
0: yeah yeah each each uh, each of these tracks. Um, and yeah, in fact, sorry, them being a, a series of collected singles, the out the 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 covers for each of the singles is amazing. It's it's each one is a kind of bad, uh, 3D uh, CG art water slide. Um, like some of them look like bacon, and some of the, they're just really really great. I I, I kind of when they're collected as product, it's a shame to miss that part of the artwork. Um. But yeah, each of these tracks definitely feels like a statement, or maybe more. Each track feels like a concept. You know, there's there's a, there's there's a specific idea and sound that's being put across with each one. It doesn't really flow like an album, and it, it definitely feels like a collection of of um of singles or at least disparate tracks. But the strange thing about Bip and I, and I I listen to them as the uncollected un- singles first, so I think I listen to them chronologically rather than in this like. EP order, album order. Um, surprised how much of a an actual single BIP is with that kind of. I can make you feel better, but it's, it's again sounds sounds better than that on the uh, <laughs> on the song. Um, <clears throat> it's sung in in tune. But the the the, the weird thing about that is, it, th- there's really nothing to it. Like I think with, with these with these tracks, the more I listen to them, I really go like, and hey, there's, there's maybe like two big ideas per song. And she doesn't really mess around with them too much. They're very clean and tight and finished, a lot of them.
1: Yeah, there's always a, a, a really interesting balance between the two elements that she's pushing in each song. And most of them have that that sugary sort of vocal that comes in and it's, I always, those moments I always find this like, it's like the heavens opening and you're just like, oh, it's just like pure
0: pop, but she never lets you have it for that like, long. No, no. Yeah, uh, uh, we will see, we do see it um, pretty early on with her. And I think maybe, you know, she she didn't have a, a massively long career, unfortunately. So we don't, we never really got to see her grow out of some of the things that, 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 that she kind of, um, were her go-to sounds. But um you definitely see on this ep her kind of ab song structure or or like a night and day structure where it will be that super hyper pop very sugary very um adolescent sounding vocals and kind of talking about silly teenage stuff and then it kind of gets like like destroyed by this really monstrous dark sound and it, and it she enjoys switching between those two different moods a lot and sometimes that might just be all the song is. It'll be like a suggestion of a vocal melody or a little, or a little, you know, just a little lyric that will get its hyper pop build up and drop. Then it'll get smashed up. Then it'll go back. Then it'll get smashed up. And then it kind of ends <laughs> with a lot of these, a lot of these tracks. I mean, that makes this stuff sound a bit weaker than it is. Cause I think the reason to turn up for this is it really is the sound and the sound play, um, and the way that these textures, the, your ear receives them. Um, I think the best example of that is Lemonade. Um, not necessarily my favourite Sophie song, but it having those like fizzy bubble pops, and then it becoming that really like scary playground trap sound coming in. This, you know, I, I was just like, okay, no, we're going to have a lot of fun with this episode. This is going to be great. Listening for this, as soon as I heard Lemonade.
1: Yeah, with, with Lemonade, I, I've always got that sort of scattered around the back of my head. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're right about the sound design. It, it, the way those sort of like pops and things sort of bounce around in your head when you're listening, especially on headphones. Mm-hmm. I mean, how stuff on headphones sounds incredible. It, it could be the sort of... Clean isn't the word. It, it sort of just sounds like it's going straight into your brain. It's very direct.
0: Yeah. It, yeah, it's almost like you're kind of not hearing it. It, it. You're you're receiving it through some other form of broadcast. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. That that like the, there are a handful of of tracks here. The, the, I would say the most special Sophie tracks are are, are, are completely pulverizing and penetrating. Um, did you get a sense of any kind of? Um, influences on this on this period of her of her sound
1: i think the only thing that comes to mind is um or
0: sure yeah that definitely came up a lot for me
1: that was like a big one for me and then and then it's more sort of um kind of 90s rave kind of stuff little elements of that kind of creep in yeah, alongside yeah. sort of sugar bubblegum pop.
0: Well, she's definitely taking the two thousands and nineties rave, and 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 like poppier, Like sometimes it was even a bit DJ Sammy. Some of the sounds on this, you know what I mean? It was really, really like, okay, what are, 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 me, James? I'm listening to this. Okay, well this this is what my life has come to. Um, the biggest, the biggest influence for me, or the biggest sound alike for me at this point. Uh, is have you ever heard of tonight? T N G H T tonight. No, um, it, it's Hudson Mohawk and Lunis. Like a, they, they only released maybe like two EPs in the early two thousands. Their big one came out in two thousand eleven, and Hudson Mohawk is Scottish, actually, like Sophie. Um, and it's that it's that really like laboratory abstract sounding trap sound that she's got you know with the real deep blast radius um bass drops and also that kind of drip i can only describe it as a drip sound like there's a, there's a few little sound effects she uses um that kind of have this like boop i can't do better than that really <laughs> without without um without effects to work with um but some of, some of the rhythms and some of the way that she employs those little sound effects really really reminded me of tonight and i do remember that their ep release being a bit of a (sighs) moment when they came out because it's a bit like wow someone taking trap and making it into like idm Uh, okay fair enough Uh, you know it's 2011 what a crazy time we're living through um and i and i did kind of continue to hear their sound a little bit throughout but there are maybe my points of reference are a bit limited but there will be there's there's about like five major artists that i can hear having a big hand in her sound i might be wrong she might not care about those artists at all um but at this point in her career tonight is the biggest one but i i she brings something totally different because there is, because it's not the hip hop and the trap influence is there and it's nice. And it gives her something, it gives her like an alternative thing to drop into when she wants to do those big, nasty, as, as big as possible drops. Um, but where she really pulls from is definitely the, that sugary house sound. Definitely.
1: Yeah. And I, I love all the pitch shifted vocals and stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that come in. Um, when you talk about the sort of, the sort of, bleepy bloopy sort of blips and it for me always feels like you're sort of um shrunk into someone's body like one of those movies (laughs) where they're sort of going through bloodstreams and stuff it's that kind of weird you know it's that weird sort of thing of like bodily like fluids versus all these sort of hard cold angular like metal crunching drums definitely like crashes it's it's so weird i love it it's
0: it's unpleasant, unnatural liquid meeting metal or plastic, or so, the 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 way that she creates these weird impact textures. Sometimes it is a bit, yeah, it does make you think of. Is is she the most visual person that we've worked with? Her music is the most visual so far. Um, there, there's no difficulty in like conjuring up a place when listening to her music. This this. This slightly strange, slightly scary, plasticky, metally, drippy, sticky <laughs> world with no people in it. You know, it feels like. It feels, have you ever played Portal? It feels like being stuck in Portal. Yeah, just goo flying around and different. You know, um, but this is this is the world we've come into um, at, at this point. What, were there any truly special songs for you at this point uh, on this on this EP?
1: Yeah, I think for me, uh, Visey. Oh yeah, you know, the bit, the Should bit like at two minutes in. This? Yeah, and we can jump up. We can jump <laughs> up.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: That bit, you know, that is so good. Um, and then uh, love. My notes for that like was VE. scary. Yeah, my notes for that was scary and difficult. <laughs>
0: Well that's that song in particular that really reminded me of um uh, Ventolin by Aphex Twin um mm. that's got that real it's just trying to give you tinnitus like there's nothing pleasant about that sound at all um it's it's like this horrible like sci-fi mosquito just just like a- attacking your eardrum and I do kind of sometimes it can be a bit much but I do really appreciate about Sophie she's not though she is very pop-minded. She's not always trying to make it sound so nice. Um, sometimes no. she is a bit of a sadist, you know, and she's she's happy for you to have sore ears listening to her stuff. LP was definitely trying to make it sound nice, even though he was making it big and aggressive. But Sophie doesn't give a shit about that. She's, she, you know, she, she, she's happy for you to have an unpleasant time while listening to her stuff.
1: Yeah, this is the closest we've come with an artist that reminds me of when I used to listen to, like, digital... Um, Digital Hardcore. Yeah, Alec Empire, ATR, that kind of punishing sound. But Sophie's good. She meters it out. And it's almost as if whenever it gets too nice, she brings you back in instantly. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're enjoying it too much, yeah, she'll come in with the noise. I I thought the noise stuff was the most sort of, like, surprising for me. I didn't realise she was going to get so noisy with some of the tracks, especially the quieter, more, like, ambient sort of tracks. I think there was one... MSM 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 mm, 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 mm. That one was quite noisy. You know, quite scary. A lot of the tracks are quite have a quite a sinister kind of edge creeping in.
0: Yep, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um yeah, mm, 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 mm. it what what you what you get there as well is this kind of post post MP3 sound. You know when you listen to a bad MP3 on on some some crappy old mp3 player that's been through it's been ripped off a cd and it's gone from your pc to someone else's to someone's you know and and it's gone to the point where it's just it's clipping and it's shrill and bits of it are all stretched out and nasty she really plays around with those those shrill unpleasant sounds that sound like degraded mp3 um and yeah sometimes you really appreciate it and sometimes it's like well it's like you're never kind of like i want to turn this off. She doesn't push it to those notes because what is her, her longest song is like six minutes long and um well no 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 maybe about eight minutes long and that is actually a difficult one we'll come on to that um but her longer tracks tend to be big spacious ambient tracks more than anything she's not going to go for on for these these long periods of repunishing noise She's it's hard to know because she's, she's such a mystery and she's she's kind of so elusive. It's hard to know what her real intentions are. Um But there's nothing subtle about this music either. No,
1: it's it's very in your face. And it is it is interesting that, you know, she in this era, she like nobody knew anything about her. And I think that's what sort of propelled her sort of mythic sort of yeah. fandom. And there was, I think, there was one gig where she hired a drag queen to sort of mime, and then she was she pretended to be a bouncer off stage, so like there was all sort of like smoke and mirrors and stuff. Um, Okay. And yeah, I found this one of the more difficult sort of artists to sort of find any sort of concrete information. A lot of it was more sort of like people talking about her, you know, little tidbits here and there, and like people talking about a lot of rumor. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um and I kind of I do I do you know like like with Madlib. Those those are kind of my favorite artists. That's how you charm James, just so you know.
1: What did you think of before we move on to uh her, her debut album? Uh what did you think of the song just like we never say goodbye? I think it's the last track on the album.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't know. I cuz I there there are there are points in this discography where we get these like Pitched up girly vocals, talking about you know like childhood love and stuff like that, and I, I don't know, I don't know. I like I like the kind of I like the I like the tackiness of it. I do like that that cheapness. You know, it, I don't imagine the, the the person in this song describing this this nice memory is describing anything more inci- exciting than like going to some crappy fun fair. Or something, you know what I mean? It sound, sounds very, because there's a lot of English voices in this as well. I, I, I do kind of find that endearing. Um, but I, I, I do, I do, I think I like Sophie being a bit more sadistic myself.
1: Yeah, I, I quite like, I find it quite emotional, these pitch shifted vocals Where? sort of early on. I don't know, there's something about it and how thick the synth is as well. And and then there's always, oh, like, yeah. a, and there's, there's something here that sort of carries on is there's a nice lot of kind of quiet shimmer in the background as if it's all, it was all a dream and it's sort of ending soon. Mm. There's like a twinkling in the background, like deep in the mix, uh, which comes back in more of the sort of ambient tracks.
0: I, I thought the synths totally dominated that, that, that track. And because her stuff is so big and penetrating and blaring, you can, I started thinking, I started expecting loads of big hard percussion hits and it just to be all about nasty snare hits and bass, bass drops and stuff. But there are a good number of tunes where while the, while the, the rhythm is very tight, it's really led by the synths a lot of the time. Um, and the synths and the, and the percussion are kind of interchangeable sometimes. Um, and it, it's only I think it was only because because a lot of the stuff feels so surface level you don't kind of realize that she's playing it a bit more subtly until you listen to these tunes a few times I found
1: yeah I think that's one of my favorite things is when she uses the synths as almost a drum beat. I just yeah, love yeah they are, it sounds like you know someone is really going for it live on the synth and then if you mm-hmm. see any of her live performances you know most of it is just she's just DJing um sure when it comes to like the live setting but also i love how loud this stuff is so
0: loud yeah and it sounds best like loud like it loses yeah. it a lot if you don't listen to it very loud uh, yeah it loses there almost songs. all of it really yeah there, there were songs i returned to where i was like, oh yeah i love this tune and i didn't have my headphones loud enough and i was a bit like oh Mine must have been in a really good mood when I listened to this. I don't know. <laughs> but you just turn it up a couple of notches and it's, it just completely blows your head off. It is a, yeah, you've got to listen to Sophie Loud more than anybody we've worked with so far. So, uh,
1: her debut album was called Oil of Every Pearls Uninsides, released in 2018. Um, and she announced it with the single It's Okay to Cry. Which was a big moment for her career-wise. I think it was the first time she was sort of came out publicly as trans, and also the video is very much the first time you probably get a a real good look at Sophie.
0: It is very different, and her—I mean, her being this fairly anonymous figure beforehand and her debut single from her album—is it her singing? Yeah. Yeah, for is that be, as well. It's, to go from who am I, or, what am I, to here is here is me singing a ballad <laughs> as as my as my big debut uh, moment and the opening to my album, I, I would imagine being quite surprising if you were following the the storyline at the time, which I wasn't.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I was. I, I just love how tender this song is. It is quite a beautiful song. Um, and I find it, it it builds quite nicely as well. It it this album is a bit more subtle than the product singles, although you know as subtle as a Sophie album or Sophie music can be, which is still very in your face and quite sort of brash. But there's definitely it felt it felt texturally there were more
0: layers. The, the strange thing about this this album, and I, I just want to make a quick note. Oil, oil of every pills on insides amazing title you know like a like a sentence that 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 nobody had conceived of before sophie did you know what i mean it's that's an amazing collection of words
1: the cover art as well you're saying how she's um most like visual artist like i don't know how they did it but the cover art does it that phrase translates completely yeah to I know. those colors yeah and, and like the, the water and the clouds it's, it's crazy
0: it is like yeah the the image and the title are so texturally married it's so it, it's really it's kind of like how 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 do you do that um this album strangely enough uh, reminded me of the Madlib album uh, sound ancestors because um and but not but, but it kind of works against it slightly With that Mad Lib album, you know, we listen to that after we listen to all of his music and you listen to all the crazy Mad Lib stuff. Then you listen to this 40 minute album, totally pared down and everything he's ever done funneled really, really tightly into this collection of tracks that that are really clean and polished. And it's almost like this album is too refined for me um and i think maybe that's what i struggled with when i when i heard it, heard it first time i thought this was going to be a real like willy wonker hour long just just everything album which is just packed full of stuff but it's really quite pared down and each song really does its own thing not 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 like the the product ep where each i don't mean every song is like a concept but for the most part, the songs all do something that the other songs don't do. There's, there's, there's not loads of continuity from song to song here. Um, and so it's okay to cry as an opener. Um, I know what you mean by it being a very beautiful ballad, and it is. It doesn't really do a lot for me, just because the melody... Uh, wh- one thing with Sophie is her melodies very rarely are my kind of melodies. She definitely goes more for sweetness, and I'm definitely more into bliss. And maybe dreaminess is, is more my kind of pop melody. So that made some of the songs a little bit frustrating for me. Um, but what I love about this track is that she just comes in, and we know how nasty Sophie is. She really comes in with softness and tenderness, almost to an absurd degree, you know, where she she's like putting more emotion than I imagine she actually feels singing it in, 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 into that performance, if you know what I mean. Um, like she knows how emotional it needs to sound. And so she's like, well, I'll make it sound that emotional then maybe, maybe, maybe that's unfair thing to say, but she still creates so much scale and just hugeness with these really soft sounds. And I, I, I love her doing, um, ambient stuff as we'll come on to later. um, and just like the softness, the big waves of piano and synth um that feel they they almost feel like wind this this like melodious digital wind that comes in when it gets really really big and the the Tina Turner drums at the end and you know it's 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 very very bold, and I would say you've not heard anything like this from the few tracks that she's released up until this point this is a big kind of Left turn, is that make sense? <laughs>
1: <A> <laughs> yeah, this turn. Is...
0: It's a it's a left hook. This this track.
1: I I think it would be. I don't know if it was, but it, I would have had that as like a a concert opener. You know. Oh yeah. Because by the time those drums come in and you're sort of, you know, something's about to go down, and then you'll hit smack in the face with Pony
0: Boy. <laughs> mm. Pony boy. Uh, yeah, uh, you know what? Listening to this album the first time, going from track one to track two, I was like, "No, I can't do it. I don't. I don't understand. I don't know. I'm an idiot. Kill me. <laughs> whatever. Kill me. Sack me. I don't care. I, I, I'm not good enough to listen to Sophie." Um, yeah, no, no, no. Pony boy is is uh, is amazing, and I mean. M- it, but basically Ponyboy and Face Shopping, mm. they're probably the two most crushing... Um, there's, 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 there are more sadistic tracks from Sophie later on in the discography, um, but they are just the biggest, nastiest, most monstrous tracks. And I kind of like the mood that they bring in, particularly for... Face Shopping is, is probably my favourite track of of sophie's because i love she kind of makes she, she creates this mood where your public image and uh maintaining your public image she makes it feel like warfare you know what i mean like 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 th- there are there are there are rules and there are people that don't play by those rules and they're out to get you in this in this in this image conscious world that, that that you you can enter into if you want to um, but you have to, ki- you have to be prepared to kill in this, in this, in this world. Um, yeah, these, these two tracks, they are kind of difficult to describe, but they're just totally monstrous and terrifying, really.
1: Yeah. P- Pony Boy in particular is brutal. Um, but yeah. again, there's, there's an amazing like refrain that comes in at like one thirty. this nice little touch of like sweetness, but generally Catwalk it's vibes. just crazy, man. Yeah, um, yeah. I I love face shopping though, and again, when you talk about that that sort of trap moment where it sort of gets skewed, um, with the like the na 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 na, it's and and that's the moment when you're like,
0: if you were hearing that in the club, you'd be like, are we about to die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are we getting attacked. Um, for for me, the the moment is uh, is it's just the um. The P that punctuates the word uh, shop, shop. It's amazing. I mean, it's such a. I mean, and, and and that that to me speaks to the 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 mastery and precision that Sophie that Sophie employs because that that's not an that's not like an accidental moment. That feels like a really worked on moment. I mean, it's just it is a fraction of a second that. But it's so perfect, and those are the kind of sounds that she works best with. Anything bubbly and slimy and gungy and and uh, yeah, I've, uh, two totally amazing tracks.
1: And again, with the visuals, the uh, video for Face Shopping is so good and disturbing. I, I think it, it's it's just a CGI image of so I think it's Sophie's face, um, but it's. She's kind of like a balloon, and her face just keeps sort of mel- melding and like changing. Oh, I think I've seen it's that. Very like disturbing, but it's, <laughs> it's so good. It suits
0: it so well as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, but I, now I do kind of think this album gets slipperier as it goes on. Um, those first three tracks are so clearly defined. And what's enjoyable about them is, is totally obvious. Um but again, this song, this album isn't just this 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 like crushing, destructive, crazy, maximalist, sugary, poppy mania. Each song does kind of play its own part. Um so it's a little while before you hear that kind of sound again, and, and it kind of it changes things up a little bit. I found in the in, for the for the rest of this album, the the mood the mood changes quite a lot. Yeah, the the
1: middle is kind of um, a bit more melancholic, um, and sort of taking rave but repurposing it in a bit more like a sinister, slightly more subtle way, I guess. Yeah, that's what I thought about. Um, is it cold in the water?
0: Well, the 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 way. The tension is built in the intro. It it sets the stage for that vocal so well. The I'm burning, I'm freezing, but and and it it kind of tricks you into thinking that it's going to turn into another ballad. Um, but the the tension that gets built to allow the the vocal to take on the drama that it does, more or less, goes up, uh, sod the vocals and and swallows them up. You know, it kind of they pull focus after a while um and it kind of eats itself that song a little bit i found
1: what did you think of there was another track um not okay there i just noticed some there was some proper are uh, are you experienced prodigy 1980 1990 since <sighs> in there just like, and they come in very, very short and sweet, and I just it just like for me that makes the entire
0: song. <laughs> I I agree that down 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 it's um yeah it's so nasty and like again I'll talk about how refined this album is totally unrefined and you know what I mean it doesn't it doesn't even sound that nice it just it just comes at the right moment. There's a few times she does that uh, where she she kind of. Teases at the song really taking off into a breakbeat or into a rave moment, but it really is only just a moment. But it's so it so sticks in your head. Like yeah, it it does make the the tune massively. I I, I love that so much.
1: The, um... was,
0: you know, I was a bit odd about that as as well. It's um. And another slight influence for me I find sometimes with, with Sophie and we'll probably see more in the remix album is Burial. Um again, like he, he definitely pulls more from a UK garage thing. She definitely pulls more from uh house and 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 kind of sugary pop. But the the, the UK Garage style vocal sample, it works so well with that with that little nasty early 90s rave moment is sick
1: what did you think of um immaterial which
0: is the penultimate track uh i i thought i thought um i thought it was going well basically it was just a bit of a a, uh, a crowd pleaser i thought um and you do kind of hear this this sound a lot of a lot of the tracks that she does with other artists sound a lot like this yeah um, and have this have this very similar melody um, but I think this is one of the best sounding versions of it that she does I kinda I don't mind her doing it so much because I know that she'll always do a twist um but i I suppose it kind of shows Every now and again she demonstrates like I know how to make just a nice pop song I know how to do that you know it's it's within my it's within my 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 abilities to to make that kind of stuff what did you think of it
1: i yeah I thought it was kind of like pop perfection I think it of all her like poppy songs I think that's probably her best I was probably the, the peak of her pop stuff for herself um and as you said probably probably the best pop stuff that she's produced or collaborated with other artists you're right it, there is a through line between that and some of the other songs she's worked on yeah i mean maybe
0: it's kind of calling out for a vocal um but you kind of you do get this song with a vocal about eight times <laughs> with yeah. with various people but maybe yeah maybe this is the best straight up instrumental she does like this um maybe 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 we'll close up on this track maybe not but what about a uh, whole new world pretend world uh, uh, uh. Yeah. It's that's, that's her
1: her longest song, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. like it's 9 minutes. For me this is the most punishing of of her tracks. Like there there are definitely noisier and nastier and shriller moments. Um but the main synth riff on this when you to when you talk about it it it's just directly to the brain it's the most penetrating one of the most penetrating synth sounds i think i've ever heard and it and it, it you it, it just goes on and, on and on and on and on and on and it really really punishes you um and it, what i like about it as well is you you get a proper aphex twin style glitchy breakdown halfway through the track but she kind of does it in the sophie style where it is that degraded mp3 style richard james is definitely he is kind of nasty and punishing, but he still kind of makes it sound a bit, a bit lush and a bit pleasant and a bit cool. Um, but yeah, again, you get to see, even on her album, Sophie still wants to make it a bit unpleasant. She's happy to do that. So, this is her only album. And it is, like I've said, it's very pared down, it's about 40 minutes. Uh, she's on the cover the artwork is amazing does it work as an album does it work? does it represent sophie very well do you think it could have been used better do you think this was a, an opportunity that could have been seized better i think i think it works well
1: as a solid album in, in terms of like a unit of songs there isn't a massive you know through line between all of them but it feels more complete than the product you know, it doesn't feel like a bunch of singles, especially with the way it's ordered and sort of the way it goes through. Um, But I do think it, it, when you're listening to it, you can feel that it's just, it's the start of something that unfortunately never really got finished and that it would have gone on to be like, I imagine her second album would have
0: been amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, i do I do, uh, I do I do think it is a very good album. I think it's that it's so pared down and almost tasteful you know what I mean it is, it is quite it is quite carefully put together it's a very carefully put together album and she doesn't just go mad and do everything she possibly can. She does try and make these tracks hold their weight um and 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 have a have a purpose and for that reason it's a bit like it's a bit of a head scratcher for me this album of hers it's a bit like what what a strange statement to make i do find it to be a very odd album that it's so refined and, and 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 careful it's just a bit of a conundrum to me i don't know why
1: based on that then um what did you think of her remix album, which she released uh, the year after? Uh, I think it's called Nonstop Remix Album. Because when you look at that, that is a that looks like a case of Sophie just going for it and putting uh, whatever you know. That is definitely you definitely couldn't call that that al- the remix album refined. I don't. Know. <laughs>
0: what do you think? I thought of this album.
1: I think you liked it.
0: Oh, I liked it a lot. <laughs> oh, I liked it a lot. Uh, yeah, I really, really like this. Um, and I mean, we'll kind of get onto the sound in a minute. But what I what I like about this um, oil of every pearls on insides general project the, the 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 two things together is it it it, did, it does kind of make me think of that album differently. Um. I'd, I maybe wouldn't have thought of it as unrefined, as, as very refined the first time I listened to it. But hearing it exploded out like this on this album, it, you, I really got the impression that she arrived at those elements of those songs. And that's why it's such a, a finite, tight thing. Because this album gives the impression that loads of other stuff went on around it. It kind of in the same way with that Mad Lib album, you go, there's a whole career crystallized down into this and it and it takes 25 years of making mad stuff to get to this point I it felt like a mini version of of that this this remix album and this this main album um, but yeah i kind of i thought this album was a, was a total opus this remix album um, it helped a lot that it was a that it was a mix and the songs really flowed so well um, so it, t- it kind of takes the pressure off each song because you know that they're just, there's a, they're, they're, they're a moment in this long mix. It's what is, it's more than two hours, isn't it? It's about two hours and 10 or 15 minutes, isn't it? This yeah. this, uh, yeah. this album it's really big, but I didn't feel it to me uh, at all. It just, it flew by for me. I found it totally thrilling. Um, but just, just, that there's a little bit of pressure taken off each song because it's such a vast thing and there's so many tracks you just that that sense of fun and spontaneity really really worked for me how how, how did you feel with the remix album graham
1: uh i found it more difficult to kind of uh get to grips with just because it is so expansive um i i did like it but i feel like even with two or three lessons i still haven't really cracked it um it's just it's it's just such an epic undertaking also I just love how there's so many songs that like are completely changed that they've got new names and things and stuff like that or you know it, it, yeah I do I do like the sort of crazy sort of difficultness of it you know it definitely feels more experimental and a bit more you know maybe a bit more artistic I don't know it's definitely less commercial
0: it's what I I suppose it's it's pure sound play isn't it this, this album. It's not Songcraft at all. Um, that's, that's You know what I mean? It's those, it's those two sides. The album is, I want to make these complete pieces that are just so finished and done. And this is just every sound that she's capable of making um, is included in here somewhere. But I do like that there's through lines through it. The main through line is this like disgusting gunky shrill dripping sound
1: <laughs> yeah
0: the sound play on that is amazing but you keep you almost start to find that sound to be comforting as as the album goes on because you just feel like feeling that through line and 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 feeling like you've got a root through this album is like okay I'm all right I'm okay I'm not lost I'm okay I know what's going on I remember I remember back then I remember XTC acid um but just like the variety of drum sounds, the variety of synth tones, the monster voices, the layers, the shrill moments, I just, I just thought this album was was for for me. Honestly, you know, I don't want to sound like Mister. I can listen to loads of difficult music because it's not true. <laughs> um, but for me, this this album was just like a total pleasure. I loved it. felt like it felt like, a, it felt like a, a massive treat to listen to this two hours of 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 total madness
1: i did um i did think that some of the dancier songs as well it's interesting that you've got some pure sort of club moments in here that were missing from the
0: album true true yeah um yeah again it, it being that pared down um those moments really had to had to count on the album but there's there's room to indulge and and just like get get into it a little bit it's surprising how because rhythmically her her stuff is so is so tight and and mechanized a lot of the time not her textures necessarily but you know she's always so like rigid and punchy with every single rhythm she does kind of loosen up a little bit on some of these um some of these tunes i think i thought particularly on face shopping she didn't even change the name of that she just called it face shopping again um I, I just, I just, I just loved how, how off the beat it kept going. Um, yeah. I've, did you have like, because i I definitely felt like this album had phases and, and again, it for me is very, very visual. It had different places um, as it went on. I could really, really see this album. Um, did you have sections of this album, moods that, that you liked better than others?
1: I, I love the ending, the infatuation sort of sweets. I think are
0: incredible, amazing, serious. I I I think I'm with you. As much as I liked the the harder noisier stuff, I thought the the ambient stretch was just. She's really good at that stuff.
1: Yeah, that it's a real shame that we you know you didn't really get much ambient from her in her career, you know. Um, I, I would have loved to have heard an entire, you know, hour ambient album. You know, I'm sure, sure she is. would have made
0: one at some point. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm I hoping that... it just exists and I can listen to it one day. Like... <laughs> yeah, I thought the ending was really strong. Oh yeah, I mean, it, 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 the, she because the, what, the reason she, I, I think that the, the difference. Because I do like, you know, I like ambient music as much as the next man, Graham. Um, But I I thought her approach to it is so interesting because there is a real sense of structure and story. um, And you you kind of find yourself wondering, what is this sound made of? Am I listening to a voice? Am I listening to an instrument? Am I listening to percussion? Because you're just, you know, you're listening, like I said, this kind of, you're just listening to this digital wind. A lot of the time or like it sounds like light or, or something like that um but you you really feel a sense of progression through these ambient pieces and they're not long you know when i say an ambient section or whatever it's not like it's an hour of the album or, or even like 20 minutes of the album it's it's it, again it's pretty tight and the tracks are only yes. a few minutes at a time
1: yeah it's about 15 minutes it's not that, I mean, for an ambience like most ambient songs
0: are about 15 minutes let alone yeah, five yeah, tracks yeah. um but yeah i mean it's kind of it's kind of so vast and there's so there's so many different dance genres and textures touched upon everything kind of gets its moment everything gets referenced or there'll be a little moment where this little style of pop is tried or this 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 kind of There'll be like a little hyperdub hyper dub, moment, or a brain feeder moment, or a really burial sounding thing, or a really warp record sounding thing. It, the, so, so you can just you can you can start anywhere and explore as much as you want on this album. Um, yeah, it was a, for, for me, it was just like a total playground. I Loved it.
1: I do, even though I feel like I still haven't really got it yet. Mm. For me, it did sound like the most complete remix album I've ever heard mainly because i guess remix remix albums normally are just loads of different sort of artists doing remixes aren't they or yeah or even like alternative versions of albums are never that interesting mm. but this is truly i i did feel that this was on uh, this could be counted as an album too almost you know it's it's up there Definitely. to call it a remix
0: album almost doesn't do it justice <laughs> No, because it, it, it's kind of, again, it, it is like the very definition of a remix, but it's like, it's taking all the ideas from that album and just trying different stuff with them. And, and, and it, it, that you keep hearing, you know, you keep hearing whole oh, new world, it'll, it'll, it'll kind of drift through the song or, um, you'll, you'll hear a lot of the, um, of the vocal line on, uh, is it cold in the water? you hear that in so many different contexts. Um, and it, and it it kind of, it almost like pays homage to itself. You know what I mean? It makes, it makes those moments and those choices on the album feel stronger and more deliberate. And, and they really, they really, really anchor you. It's Again, am, am I just describing all remix albums when I say that, but, um,
1: No, I don't think so.
0: There is something really special about it. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It was. was, I just. Yeah. Anyway, there is only so many times I can end my sentence by saying I loved it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about some of her co-productions. As far as I know, and I am not the guiding expert on music credits, but from what I know, is there is quite a few songs where um, Sophie would collaborate with a number of producers. Mm -hmm, on the mm -hmm. tunes um there aren't too many where she you know produced it entirely herself i think if anything she loved collaborating with other artists yeah yeah. um and producers um so of these tracks what do you want to start with we've got um palmistry did you listen to those
0: yeah palmistry um my first note crap
1: yeah, I didn't like Catch. That was released in <laughs> 2013. I I I didn't have any notes for that one. I was just like, oh, this doesn't sound like. I can't hear any Sophie in here.
0: I suppose what 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 we kind of find with some of these tracks here, um, you know, she works with a lot of different artists, a lot of different kinds of artists as well, um, and she, uh, you know, we've we've seen she can play it pretty straight if 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 she wants to and if it suits them, and I guess if that's what is being asked of her. And this, I, I didn't listen to Water, but this uh, Palmistry track, Catch, which is, would be a pretty early track for for um, for Sophie from 2013. Yeah, it's very straight up, pretty sedate for her. Um, but you can always, even the, when she's playing it the straightest, you can still hear there will almost be like a little Sophie solo or or something. You know what I mean? Like she'll she'll come in and do something mad at some point, and then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, it's a Sophie song. And I thought on, on this uh on this uh this so-called catch song, Graham, um it was there was this kind of like rubbing, shuffling percussion thing, like very, very quietly in the background, kind of rubbing around like it's in this pretty dull song, there's this feeling that it's hyperventilating a little bit, like it's a bit stifled. Um it, that was with some of these songs that was the only pleasure to be had was like where's sophie where is she is she in there i know she's going to pop up any minute i know it
1: i think um when we do the playlist uh you'll find it interesting listening to water because that's obviously quite a few years later by the point that it's 2019 so sophie's got more you know established by that point and there's a really interesting ambient breakdown like in the middle of the song. It doesn't go on for long, but like that was, whereas in that po- part of that song, I was like, oh, that's the Sophie bit. Yeah.
0: I yeah, could yeah. clearly
1: hear, as you said, I spent most of these songs, you know, other than the ones that I really liked. Some of the other ones, I was like, yeah, where can I hear her sound? I was surprised that with most of them, I could find, you know, pinpoint the Sophie sound. Yeah. Um, cutie. Hey, cutie. Before we go to the big guns,
0: Did you listen to Cutie? Yeah, I did. Um, I I suppose what I kind of appreciated about some of these artists that maybe I hadn't heard of before um, was that they were willing to submit to Sophie's sound a little bit. Um, You know, I don't know if Cutie sounds like this on every track with this really silly, like, pitched-up little girl's voice. Um, But they kind of go like, well, look, look. when you know, when in Rome, I will I will let Sophie do whatever she wants with my voice and and make it sound completely not like me. Um, other than that, not not a lot to say about Cutie really. Um, I
1: just remember listening to this song when I did try and get into peace music, mm. and I think Cutie is it is you know this kind of thing. Um, I feel like Cutie was a co production with AJ Cook or Danny Harl.
0: Let me just have a Rings look. a bell.
1: AJ Cook. So AJ Cook is the sort of PC music he kind of started it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He okay. still kind of has ownership of it. Um, it's like started off in London, um, and he just chance met Sophie and they knew they've heard each other's music and they've collaborated on quite a few things. Um, and yeah, I just I love the sugary poppiness of okay. this. Okay. Um but it's interesting You know, some of these artists, you'll never, ever listen to them again because they're so sort of kind of underground. Mm. They would only really pop up on something like this.
0: Very ephemeral. You know, it is that real 2000s, uh, 2010s stuff, kind of like... Uh, Time just made mincemeat of these some of these people, I think.
1: Now, in complete, you know, the other end of the spectrum... I remember there was a lot of press about this. Uh, Madonna got Sophie to work with her in uh, 2015. And Sophie worked on Bitch on Madonna with uh, Diplo. Hmm. Did you, had you heard this at the time? It features a rap with uh, Nicki Minaj.
0: Yeah. No, I didn't know about this at the time. And it's interesting that it's a co-production with Diplo. I didn't know that. And it kind of makes this song make a bit more sense. Um, the, for a song called "Bitch, I'm Madonna," it should be a bit better than it is for me. But again, I did appreciate that Madonna kind of gave herself up to it. You know, she's she, really, really dumb lyrics. I mean, she's talking a load of rubbish. How old was she? She's like sixty when she made this song. Um, but she's not. Other than you know, other than it's her saying "Bitch, I'm Madonna. I'm 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 great." She's not really the focus of this song; it really is all about for, well for me it was all about Sophie. I think Diplo brings in this slightly dated lame sounding almost dubstep sort of squadgy bass is is the is the main hook um but i loved I loved all the Sophie madness all over this, and I loved how how it went um half time into that more early trappy super doomy boomy speed for Nicki minaj's verse um that was i thought that was a really great moment um but i I, I appreciated how how fun and all about sophie this track was yeah i remember loving this at the
1: time cool um it's interesting when like lyrically i think the song's written by five people six including madonna herself like there's so many people to write such a Ridiculous song, um, About each. yeah. <laughs> but I do feel like Diplo's bit is kind of the ultimate anti-drop. Yeah. It's kind of, it, and Sophie's bit is so good at leading you into, mm. you know, those pitch fit and the, everything. The energy comes up, and it's you know I love it. And then it just go, it goes into this like wet fart, and it's almost like I kind of like it. It does fit in with Sophie's whole thing that she does and her stuff of like. You know, you're expecting it to be the biggest drop in the world, mm. and it's it's completely it's not what you're thinking at all. You know, it's it just so,
0: kind of suit her stuff. Are you saying it's so bad and disappointing? It's art. Yeah, the middle bit. <laughs> every every
1: time the every time it's all wow 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 wow.
0: Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, that's not yeah. that's not a good yeah. It's bit. so bad. It's so bad. It's good. But that's that. Isn't that? Is that not 2010s pop all over? You know being so reliant on these builds and drops and builds and drops it's yeah like how well, we gotta to drop to something we might as well drop to some crappy dip low dubstep two thousand nine <laughs> you know
1: I Show think it. that will be the last time Madonna has a a you know slightly relevant single that would be her Maybe. last big single. you know I don't think she's hadn't hasn't had one since I don't think she probably won't mm-hmm. um it's interesting that her career kind of gets capped with that. <laughs> fair enough worst ways to go out (laughs) Um, so next I want to talk about my favourite artist in the world cool Uh, Charlotte Aitchison otherwise known as Charlie XCX Uh, Sophie hooked up with her in 2016 and produced the Vroom Vroom EP Mm -hmm. which was a turning point for Charlie XCX. Um, I think if you listen to her music up until this point, she was a bit more poppy. Her first album was kind of electronica. Her second album was like pop rock. And this was the point where she decided that I think she fell in love with PC music. And ever since, all of her albums have been more in the vein of this.
0: Yeah. In fact, I looked on her Instagram uh, the other day and... um... (laughs) Like she's so, I re—I mean, I basically consider Charlie XCX to be an experimental artist at this point. Um, and it's so funny. She she had a she had a freeze from uh, the chase up there, and her, her, she was the answer, and the person got it wrong, and she was like, "Yeah, time time for a bit more of a mainstream album next." I think <laughs> you know, like she she's gone completely off the deep end. I mean, she's she's really. Deep into this weird, almost inhuman abstract part of her career, it's really interesting.
1: Yeah, I I, I love the way that she's gone, and I think she, what's happened is she's just taken more ownership over her music and releasing it, and so she like releases mixtapes and things. And I don't think I think basically her record label is never that impressed, but at the same time she gets loads of press and stuff. Um, but vroom vroom, this is quite a sort of divisive ep some people i think it feel like it's a bit like marmite you either love it or hate it
0: hmm, hmm. um yeah so so like like Ch- charlie xcx again like i've 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 tried with her stuff i do find it i do find it quite intimidating um and i i do i do find it to be pretty difficult um and in this part of her career I mean, the idea that I'm talking about like a very well-known pop star in these terms is like, (laughs) it's mad, isn't it? I mean, it's just, um, but Vroom Vroom is definitely more of a pop, straight up pop moment. Um, You know, Sophie is there making it strange and making it unpredictable. Um, But Charlie is definitely still more or less making pop songs. The stuff, in fact, the stuff I liked most on this was the more abstract stuff um I, I almost don't uh, i like that she boils it down to the most simple elements particularly lyrically i really really enjoy that like i love the lyrics of of vroom Room, um the, the the title track when she's talking about keeping it freezy and and I, <laughs> I, well, so l- lavender lamborghini <laughs> yeah yeah i I think that's brilliant and and She's clearly so English, and any time she uses Americanisms, there's just something about it I just think works so well. Um, but yeah, I think I think room. I don't really love the the very poppy moment um, much. But this is typical Sophie, where it's like phasing between these very construct contrasting sections, um, and when she manages to mix the more hype raved up moment. With the doomy halftime trap moment, so good, and and again lyrically, and with her weird intonations and Americanisms and stuff, Charlie XCX just works so well over it. It really is like a a, a perfect match for me on the on this track.
1: Yeah, I think this is the standout track. I mean, you can see why it was the track they led with. I found with the other ones, um, while it's interesting to see this is where Charlie got into more sort of interesting music, Um, I don't think they really work. The, like, Paradise just kind of sounds like Dance, Dance Revolution
0: has gone wrong. It's absurd. I mean, like, the the baby (laughs) voice is absurd. And again, like, I appreciate how off-putting it is. It's, It's a bold choice, and it's kind of saying, like, look, I want to make some weird stuff, and this is weird um but i i I, yeah that was a weird one when she's like talking about it's sweet just like a cherry drop and she's doing the very english singing and really really strange stuff um yeah i I don't know maybe trophy is a slightly stronger song it's quite aggressive yeah yeah um uh, yeah, so I think more structurally, the the Sophie back and forth A B A B A B C kind of structure started to wear on me a little bit by the end of this. You know, it's not a very long uh, track. Um, there were some moments of Secret I quite I quite liked. It almost had a bit of a angsty new metal vibe to it. Yeah, I I felt Secret was the the kind of the Sophie song of the yeah maybe. EP. Yeah, I had a real like nasty wormhole synth line, like a black hole kind of really yeah. sinking into the ground. Um, but just one word, one last word on Vroom Vroom. Uh, that she calls that in on the title track. She says those slugs know they can't catch me. Calling people slugs, fair play, fair play. That's how I feel when I'm walking around on the tube.
1: Yeah, I I love Vroom Vroom, but whenever I listen to it or watch the music video, I feel very stupid. I don't think it's a bad thing. (laughs) But it's definitely,
0: like, the most tackiest thing I've ever... I ever listened to. Graham, if I imagine you at home alone, I don't imagine you doing anything but listening to Vroom Vroom. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What I find interesting, though, is when... Uh, we move on from this EP. Uh, she works with Sophie a couple of times, um, but it's generally you know one or two tracks per album, album or mixtape, whichever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, it all gets a bit poppier. Yeah. So Vroom Vroom was very sort of that EP was quite experimental and her trying, but then, and then so but then when she works with Sophie with the poppy stuff, like with Roll with Me and Lip Gloss from her um, 2017 mixtape, Number One Angel. Yeah, I I think it works really well. I think it works a lot better than Vroom Vroom. And also, she isn't doing too many of the weird sort of Americanisms. She's got to the point where I think she's living... I think maybe in Vroom Vroom, she was living in London. And I think at this point in her career now, she's been living in America for a couple of years. You know, she'd moved to America.
0: And so it doesn't sound as sort of weird... (laughs) Sure, sure. But I love, I love how weird it is. I, but I, I, I know what you mean. It's a bit, bit more natural and a bit less put on. Yeah. At this point, um, I'll take, I'll t- i mean, I did think roll with me. I loved that. Um, Sophie used, the um, the very 2000s drum and bass style, like so, so pendulum and like, a prodigy on that uh, invaders must die album. There's that there's that really specific snare sound that you hear on those two thousands drum and bass songs, but it's the nicest I've ever heard it. Like she, I, I I hate that sound, and she gave it so much nice softness and texture in the in the yeah. in the snare rushes at the end. It's so cool. Um, but lip gloss, I wrote in caps. The craziest, most penetrating synth. Like the 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 synth at the beginning is amazing. Um. And I love that it it's almost like a Daft Punk keytar style to it, um, and it gets so it gets so starry and beautiful. I like the sticky icky hook. Uh, uh, um, I don't think she's talking about lip gloss, but um, Cupcake has a, a, a verse on this. You want to hear a, you want to hear a line, Graham? <laughs> Never trust a man who wears briefs. Cause he's gonna want to fuck and keep it brief. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to
1: put it out here. I, I love Cupcake, and she shows up quite a lot in this discography. She does here and then.
0: Um, she's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I've only listened to a little bit of Cupcake. This was this was probably more exposure to Cupcake than I've had for quite a while. And I was a bit like, oh, I need to go. I need to go back to some of her albums. Like, um, yeah, uh, yeah. She, she. Uh, you know what? we'll talk about you know collaborators and stuff like that later but uh any time a rapper goes over sophie it's an angel gets its wings like it's it it just works rappers working with her stuff
1: yeah for me whenever we encounter uh sophie and rap i i I had no idea there was a there's a fair amount of sophie rap stuff yeah and it works incredibly well i did i did not think that was going to happen at all um it's something
0: about those rhythms and yeah i don't know it's melds the thing is like I, i i get that she works well with nastiness and sugariness you know that that's kind of the the little yin yang thing that she works with a lot of the time but sometimes nastiness and nastiness in my experience that works very well as well and that's kind of what you get whenever she gets a rapper over it. It, it just it just becomes so much nastier. Um, and also working with her rhythms rather than her melodies, like someone really, really digging into those amazingly tight, destructive rhythms that she creates. It, it really just brings out the best in her production, I think.
1: What did you think of uh, Out of My Head, which was from the mixtape Pop 2? I found it to be like, super straightforward
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um for a bit a little bit deja vu by this point you know it's you can kind of say you know what i would say about this is the same as what i would say about her work with namie amuro and cutie and uh, uh or whoever we're going to talk about later like it's a bit it's it's that real um there is one song where i thought it worked really well and we'll, we'll come into it in a little bit but It's that very Katy Perry, um, California girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You kind of, it's a bit like, you're just hearing that melody a lot, um, with, with some of these collaborations and it, it kind of has worn out like you, all you can really hope for with some of these more straightforward songs is you're going to get a texture or something that, that that has that that Sophie, um, stamp on it. So like even on this one out of my head, the kick the kick drum was really nasty. It was really hard, but it's kind of the impact of it was really soft. But it's just not a lot to get uh, invested in. It's not bad stuff, but you, you really want you really want something to, to to grip onto with these with these tracks. You want you want a bit of you want a bit of ear candy and and a bit of sound play and you. <laughs> you're just not not getting that you're just getting like oh it's so great that you're whatever this 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 like pop star who like has no interest in making pop or something oh, you know what i mean i don't a a lot of these people i don't know really what they're going for i don't really understand them i'm um, i'm 33 graham what i want you
1: know <laughs> <afraid> <laughs> one song i do quite like uh is the last track sophie co-produced uh for Charlie and that's Girls Night Out which was a non-album track um, I I like the fact that I think it's the last song that Charlie sort of sang almost outright like she has autotune by this point on every song mm-hmm. um, I think she's sort of got scared to a point of being able to sing without autotune but this is the last time she's really sort of blasting out
0: a sort of tune <laughs> right okay okay I don't think I found uh, Girls' Night Out. Unfortunately, I think I think I missed it on my on my uh, on my travels through Sophie's discography. Um, I'd say that. I that's it sounds good.
1: Yeah, it's one for the playlist. It's it's kind of a uh, cheesy, noughties, mm. girls' loudy kind of, but with that. Oh, cool. Re- those, but again, with those nineties rave stabs just coming in and giving it I that did, edge. Uh,
0: yeah. Um. Yeah, I do like I do like Charlie with the with the uh, with the auto tune though. She she knows how to use it. Yeah, she does it well. Um, but no, no. I'll, I'll, when when we come to the playlist, I'll give Girls' Night Out a go. Be nice to hear a straight up pop tune.
1: Did you listen to any of the Cashmere
0: Cat stuff? Uh I did, but it didn't really make much of a. I I I said. For for love, incredible. I wrote meh which is not a word I use lightly, uh, almost a change of pace.
1: Yeah, I, I found it more interesting in Love Incredible that that was um, Camilla Cabello, who was in Fifth Harmony. It was like the first song she released after leaving this America's biggest girl band at that point. And I was like, oh, why, why is she on this song? It, it's It gets a bit weird near the end. You know, it gets a bit more totally. Sophie near the end. And it's just yeah, yeah. I don't
0: really understand why these three people are making this song together. <laughs> <laughs> well that's where the almost the change of pace came in I think was <laughs> was was the slightly more yeah jumped up bit at the end. Um but I suppose yeah, with with this with this stuff do, do you think it reflects on Sophie? I mean do you think it really says much about Sophie these these very don't don't do kind of tunes that you're getting?
1: It's hard to tell because the, cause of their co-productions, you know. I, don't, I, don't, I think she's putting in some interesting bits, you know, yeah. in the song. But I don't think it's not the same as, you know, when we're talking about
0: stuff that she's produced outright,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: You um, get a moment, a little flavour, a little bit of vocal processing or some of, those, some of those degraded MP3 sounds or, yeah, a little bit of a rave moment might pop up. But for the most part, you can tell uh, this is the song and what's she going to do with it? Is she going to have like demon voices bubbling up out of it? Or what she, she you know, it's, it's, it's like, I can, I can either make the, I, the song can either stay boring or I can completely ruin it with, <laughs> you know what I mean? With some of these tracks, she doesn't really have much choice. I I, I feel like, you know, maybe, you know, I'm making her sound like this massively discerning person who's so above the music that she's making with people. I, I very much doubt she felt like that. Um, but sometimes it's a bit like, you know, what you know, you've heard what Sophie's capable of and you, you're hearing this and the two things are pretty far apart. What did you think of her
1: work with uh, Vince Staples?
0: I thought it was ridiculously dope. And um, I remember this, this Goldfish album <laughs> coming out. <laughs> I remember it coming out and, uh, you know, there's a lot of fuss made about this album and I never really gave it a go. Uh, but listening to these two tracks, Yeah Right and Samo, wow, um, they are really amazing. Um, what I thought was was, was, was great about uh, Yeah Right was Face Shopping.
1: Yeah, that's a Face Shopping. My,
0: yeah. It's like a Face Shopping rework, right? Yeah, it's like a cameo from Face Shopping. It's like, hi, hey, yeah. I'm Face Shopping, uh, uh, um, around the beginning, but... It's yeah. It's, it is reworked. It's a different texture. That that kind of whatever it is has a different, different place in the beat. Um, but she just goes for the big Godzilla doom sound. And I, I tell you what, the the um, I tell you something here, Graham, <laughs> about this hi hat, um, the hi hat sound. When I say her stuff is really physical, like it so feels like a piece of metal striking another differently. Like you can tell what kind of thing is striking the very specific surface. It's so there and so um, unadulterated. Those sounds. I, I, do you th- do you get the impression that she she uses radiators a lot? I feel like she just mucks around with 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 old radiators and piping and things like that. I feel like she 's just like constantly like stroking bits of metal on 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 ridged radiators and like tapping them and f- fucking around with the pipes and things like that everywhere in her music are these like s- screwed up metally tinny tinkly tappy sounds on this it's so good like using that in a trap context it's just it's genius I love it I
1: really liked um the The second track, Same-O, mm-hmm. I, I I read a nice story. Um, about how they came to work together. They were oh. on tour with Flume in Australia, uh, and they just like said hello at the pool one day on a like an mm-hmm. off day, and I think she was surprised that he sort of knew who she was, mm-hmm. and then so he kept being like, we have got to get in the studio. We're going to get in the studio. You know, we need to do something," and then I think he they did the yeah right first. Like, at 3am in the studio or whatever. And then when he was putting together the album, he was like, I I need one more song. I need something. And then she just came in with the beat for Samo. Mm. And he said, that's what she was like. She didn't care who you were. This was the beat she had for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were either going to use it or not. She was kind of like, she didn't mess around. She was kind of like, I've got this beat for you.
0: There you go. Interesting. Interesting, because you know what I I really like the idea, or I like to think that on Yeah Right, because Kendrick Lamar has a amazing verse on that. I like the thought of I'm sure you know it's a matter of here's the produced piece. Oh, Kendrick is going to send an MP3 of his verse. I I hope that they work together. You know what I mean? Like like I I I really hope that happened because. It's just such a, it's just, they're just so well matched. Maybe she just has that, 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 that brilliant mind that knows the exact right thing for, for what, for what they're doing. But I, yeah, I would, I really like to think that they, they properly collaborated. I think it was one thing I was, through listening to this
1: discography, I was, I wish she had had more time to work with more hip hop artists. Because mm. as you said, it, it just untaps a completely different element of her sound. Almost, yeah. even though it's the same kind of sounds come in, it being a beat as opposed to a vocal riff, yeah, it just changes something. The atmosphere, it really, really does. Yeah, yeah.
0: And and I tell you what, like like um, I I, I don't know Vince Staples so well. He's not really my favourite, You know the tunes I've heard of his, he's not really my favorite. But he sounded so good on Samo. Um, like he he sounded so nasty and menacing as a scary track um yeah i'm I, in fact i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna be giving uh that goldfish album a, a listen soon another artist
1: is kid ken mm. and that was released uh in 2020 and that's just straight up trap
0: yeah give me give me give me more give me more uh sophie trap i i really hope there's some posthumous secret mixtape you know, it, it'll be it'll be the, the Mad Lib Industrial album, won't it? You know like the fabled Sophie Trap album. I, I want it. What boy. was I want it. What was some of the stuff uh on your list that we haven't covered that maybe I haven't um, um I don't I don't know for sure, but like two two tracks that stood out for me. Um I liked the tune she did with Superfruit Fantasy. Ooh, um, that was good. It it's a very, very typical Uh, like 2010's poppy track It's you know, like it's probably the most California girls sounding of all of them. The singer, the guest singer on this actually sounds a lot like Katy Perry. Um, But this was probably her best cleaned up pop sound for me. Like the super clipped snare that she used on it was just, I mean, delicious. Like, really incredible and even like even though the 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 performances on it were a little bit lame um she she just brought this vibrant dancey busy uh super clipped percussion sound i just thought it was totally beautiful Um, the
1: um co-producer of that track danny l Hull, is definitely worth checking out he makes this very bright uh pop end of the pc music you know, okay. he, that's, he is that's, the that's more that's sort of commercial end of their
0: their stuff. And um the other one is is the main event, frankly, Graham. I hope you listened to Shy Girl. I
1: did. I listened to Shy Girl quite late. I feel like I only listened to her yesterday. But So had you, had you wow. listened to Shy Girl? I'm glad Girl I saved before? her till last.
0: Wow, well, no. oh my God, man. That EP is... It, I don't know why I've been listening to it for the last sort of... Six Months by Have. Um, And it's just so my cup of tea. It's got the creepiest album cover. (laughs) It's the scariest album cover I've I've ever seen. Um, But this tune, Slime, is just amazing. It's one of my favourite songs from last year. Um, And it's such a good song. See, what so rarely happens is that the song is so good that it almost drops uh, Sophie down to a secondary role. You know, what I mean, she's so dominant and so distinct. But I do think in this case it is all about shy girl. I just, I just love this song it's so nasty.
1: With her um, solo productions, mm. um, did you get a chance to listen to Liz? Because I felt like Liz was the sort of the same with Cutie. That sort of that's what PC music is about. This sort of. Pitched up, sweet, British, kind of annoying
0: vocal. Liz, I don't think I even have Liz on my on my on my list, dear Graham. When I, I rule the world, so. for some
1: reason, is in yeah. my head all the time. I don't know. I think you know. At this point, has PC music broken me over the years? Maybe it's possible. So
0: that's that's your other lemonade. Is the Liz tune?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and that one's a bit like Lemonade makes sense because Lemonade was on a McDonald's advert and I ate a lot of McDonald's. Um, okay, all right. I don't think When I Rule the World was in any adverts.
0: Okay, well, that's a shame. That's a shame. I doubt many of these albums were, <laughs> many of these tunes are on adverts. Um, one of the solo productions I did like was um, Leaf, Leaf, Life. Yeah, I uh, my girlfriend told
1: me how to pronounce his name and I've forgotten, so. We'll use Left. any
0: one of those three. Yeah. Left uh, one. Coy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. Um, I just loved, uh, to be frank with you, Graham, I loved how sort of gay this this song was. Um, it just had this really, like, glitzy house sound, and it went acid, kind of out of nowhere. Um, it had these, like, hovering insect synths, kind of <laughs> zzz zzz zzz, having hanging around. But uh, the vocal performance, I just love that kind of super diva confidence that you just believe that anybody can be yours just like you know because you're so because you're so great um this was it was just a really really fun and again an artist i've never i've never heard of before but that's another sort of match made in heaven Her uh, working with him
1: yeah he's he's an incredible uh queer rapper and i think he wrote a song that macklemore ripped off Oh. For Macklemore's big tune about um, buh, 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 that song. Um pretty much one. <laughs> is a rip-off of like a song that he wrote. Um okay. but that album I have before, Writer Boy, is well worth checking out. Um did you listen to uh K Dash? No. Quay K- Dash? No. Key. Um, she's another incredible queer rapper. Okay. Um and then last but not least the last album that Sophie contributed to is by mm Mhm. Bayside,
0: mm-hmm. Bayside You, you listen up. to this? I, d- I did listen to this and um it's a really interesting one really strange. Um <laughs> really really weird. So, I, so I, what when I saw this the title the album cover you know really short ep and also the first track uh NYC to Miami I was like okay I'm going to be really really into this this is this is super nasty and crude and it's going to be you know it's going to be sophie on total maximalist mode and they're just going to be bringing all these 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 filthy lyrics and I'm I'm going to completely love it but pretty quickly I just kind of lost interest I didn't really think she, that Sophie came to this with her strongest material. And I I sort of thought that set the tone a little bit. I don't know. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I found it a bit grating after a while. (laughs) Um, I thought I was like you. I I saw the song titles. I saw the whole idea. I thought this sounds great. But the reality
0: of it... um, just just not really my cup of tea yeah i don't know see the thing is it kind of is my cup of tea but you know what i think because i found this I i just found this this very curious these like girl rappers and they keep talking about being jewish and they're really really crude and filthy and very sexually explicit um and i just thought who are these very interesting people um so i looked up like a few of their i was wondering like what are their music videos like and I think I quickly realized that they're actually maybe a bit of a comedy project. Like they're oh. trying to make funny songs. They had a song about how they are about being healthy because they drink, uh, like juice and stuff. Uh, and it's like good for them. They were talking about how like that, all the nutrients they get from drinking juice and, and stuff. And I was like, okay, all right. So they're like f- kind of comedy rappers and and stuff. Sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. I thought Swipe was a pretty legit Sophie song. The way they, yeah. you know, that's that's kind of up there with her, her product era stuff. Doing the, you know, like doing the left, uh, left, nah, left, left, mm, you know. I, I thought that was pretty good. And of the two of them, the one with the slightly gruffer voice, she had a much better flow and she was good with the ad libs, chucking in an A and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and she had good flows and stuff. I did like, I did like a few moments of of their stuff, but you know what it was? It was it was me and my boo, best friend too, and was it girl? They were quite uh, the the kind of the, the tempo dropped big time, yeah, and the aggression dropped big time. Like going from New York NYC to Miami to me and my boo. It was like, ah, uh, really deflating. um, and But you know what? The thing is, though, again, they so took the focus and it really didn't feel like a Sophie project at all to me. It really felt like a Bayside thing to me.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I found that too. And I think that's why I didn't enjoy it as much. Mm. Even mm. though musically, it's the most Sophie you could probably get um but i just don't think the the vocals melded that well with her uh, stuff
0: yeah i maybe because like the, the the kind of slightly better rapper was definitely the secondary person in each track and her bit always came like halfway through the tune and that's when it felt that's when it kind of felt like it got a bit of momentum going when she got involved but it was always the other rapper who it's not necessarily that she's like so bad in comparison or anything like that um she just doesn't have much texture to her voice. So these songs would always start a bit like you want them to, I just wanted this to be nastier. And it just, it just kind of like was a bit funny. Like the lyrics to fuck it up are kind of funny. Um, you know, when they're talking about, I'm going to get high and get some snacks. I'm going to fuck up your snacks. And it's like, okay, it's it's kind of funny. Like, (laughs) but it's like, so nearly good but nearly good is kind of not good for me (laughs) it's got to be good to be good uh yeah it's a a shame it's not much of a final statement but uh, you know like it's not as if Sophie died very suddenly and by accident you know I'm sure she had like other stuff planned um and you know, it's not like she had a long illness where she could say, "Hey, hey look, look, I want this to be my my final thing," and and wh- whatever. It, it, it just kind of this is how this is how the cookie crumbled, Graham. Unfortunately, so this has a lot more weight on it than it, yeah,
1: than it should. Deserves. Really, yeah, yeah. It it probably should, would have just, been, just a, been like a fun, yeah, a bit of fun that is now got this whole momentous occasion about. Yeah, yeah, not fair. Um. So, how are you feeling about this discography now? Now that we've listened to all of it,
0: now I, I suppose because of the order that we've spoken about it in, you know, we went from her bit because she's you know she, she was only thirty four when she passed away. She's only really in big in the public eye, or you know, like music listeners for a few years, really. Um, so there's not tons and tons of material. Um. So we've spoken about her big stuff, and then we've spoken about like little scattered bits and pieces, and it sounds like I'm a bit more down on it than I really am um like normally, Graham, we would ask uh, what was the biggest slog when we when we do our podcasts, but there was no slog here like this was this was a total pleasure for me, like I loved digging into Sophie's stuff um and kind of being forced to get familiar with it it's like okay good all right i've 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 done it i've taken the plunge i've broken the seal me and me and sophie uh, we're acquainted we know what's going on now um and yeah some of her i think she kind of at times wears her influences on her sleeve a bit and um it would have been nice to see her get a bit more subtle with how she blends all this stuff together like very very clear to me, at least, with not tons of frames of reference, that she really likes Tonight, she really likes Orteca, Apex Twin, Burial, Daniel Lopaten, uh, uh, One o Tricks Point Never. Um, I kind of felt all those things mushed together in a lot of her stuff, and she brings that influence to a pop sound. Um, but that's kind of like the worst thing you can say about her, really um her uh, her ability with sound play I just found to be just endlessly pleasurable It's amazing the sounds you hear and the variety of sounds and how deliberately she can wield it like she knows when she wants it to make it sound nice and she does and she knows when she wants to make it sound nasty and she really does it can be very unpleasant to listen to, but it doesn't make you want to turn off at all it's just a total pleasure. What about you? I
1: found that I was a bit hesitant when we were going to do this because I thought it was going to be more difficult to listen to. But as you said, it was actually probably the easiest listening experience I've had for this podcast. There were times where I had to sort of wake myself up um, because it was just so nice to listen to. Even the the sort of punishing bits, Mm -hmm. you know, the more sort of uh, harsh sounds and stuff sounded so good it they didn 't sound nice, but they sounded so visceral and interesting um I think at one point, Sophie said in her life that she thinks all pop music should be about who can make the loudest, brightest thing mm-hmm. and that that travels for much of her stuff it's it's so it, it's some and it, you said earlier sometimes it's like listening to like light and like these weird winds and things. It was so visual mm-hmm. it was just a real joy for me.
0: It was great. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, actually, it's interesting you say that. Yeah, Even even when it is very harsh and unpleasant, it doesn't sound like an accident. You know, it doesn't it's not that way because she did something wrong, or she failed at something. You know that that was the intention.
1: What was your um, best production?
0: I mean... Uh, it's so difficult because there's there's just there's because there isn't that breadth of stuff it's it's so hard i think the most successful conceptually for me um were uh, face shopping and and pony boy i probably would take face shopping over it because it had that slightly more girly feeling to it um like pony boy was a lot more aggressive and i think you know she's not just that she can be very very sweet and sugary um but as a as a as a just a piece i i thought the um oil of every pearls on insides remix album was just pff, blew my mind in places really what about you um i
1: thought Visey just sounds amazing. I can't fault any part of that song. There's no part in the song that I don't. It just for me that sounds like so tight, correct? Answer. Um, but I think my favorite is it might be immaterial, actually. Um, I, I just like it, it's quite simple as well, but it it just works, you know.
0: Yeah, and and the 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 way that she manages to yeah on that album do something once and it's enough doesn't really she doesn't really drill anything into the ground on that album she uses everything yeah, very, quenches very carefully thirst. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sophie well done so well played
1: what what was her sound
0: <sighs> well look i mean there's signatures in her sound Um, So you're definitely going to hear these like banana peel, slippy sounds. And I think someone wrestling with a radiator kind of comes up a lot and and, kind of doing the plumbing a lot of the time. Um, But and, and, you know, she likes her like digital black gunk dripping down the walls kind of thing. She likes splats and like the impact of something wet and rubbery on something really hard and firm you know a lot of the time um she she's a real sound artist uh, and 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 is a master in my opinion with with that kind of stuff but the sound is more genre play bringing nasty idm with no commercial aspirations whatsoever up against sugary, neon, uh, like hyper-pop that is just as fizzy as possible. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think I couldn't say it any better myself, to be honest. It's just that dichotomy between brutal, angular, spooky, scary stuff, noisy stuff with this this pop sheen. And it's not... Even the pop stuff never sounded too perfect. Nope. That was the other thing, is everything sounded completely visceral. Mm-hmm. E- even if it was sort of whichever spectrum it was on, it sounded like it was going direct into your brain. Um and yet loud, I think the loudest loud, that's true producer yeah. <laughs> we've ever encountered and probably will be for a while.
0: I'm glad you said that, loud. That is that is hundred percent true. Loud is a is a really, really big part of her sound. Um this is maybe something I would rather have asked at the beginning than, than at the end, but it is a question I, I definitely had on my mind throughout. Um, so unfortunately, like Fuck It Up, it will be the final statement of this, uh, of this, of this podcast. Um, do you think there's any element of um, Sophie, and I'm talking purely about her sound, being a novelty artist or even a funny artist, do you think there is? Do you think her music is funny or novelty in any way? No, but I
1: do remember thinking when Lemonade and Bip on the first couple of singles came out, I was thinking, "Oh, is is this what it's going to be?" Yeah. Uh, and I think when I heard, I'm just trying to remember now. It might have even been Visy, but there was definitely a point in the product era. I was like, OK, no, this is more of a statement of intent because you could listen to Lemonade and think, oh, especially the fact that it was picked up by an advert and stuff, you mm-hmm. know, it it does sound like it could be novelty. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, especially listening to it in this whole way of listening to everything, yeah, it definitely sounds like she she was going to stick around.
0: What What do you think? Yeah, no, no. I, th- I, th- I think you can only really say that in the way that you might call, uh, I don't know, like Damien Hurst or something, a-, a novelty or or funny artist, um, because it is about these these kind of bizarre confections a lot of the time. Like, but I think particularly, pro- I think product is a real key release for her, um. Because each each of those feels like a little installation, or a, or, a, or I kept thinking of them as like a confection, like they're a little weird cake, you know, made of made of made of weird stuff. Um, so sometimes, yeah, sometimes there was a bit of like a funny aspect to her, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that she would be. You can't. I don't think you can make the music that she makes and not have a sense of humor. Really, like she, there yeah. are times where it is kind of knowingly absurd. I think. Um, but her main her main drive is 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 pop and and texture. Swab it to the left. Ain't nobody want to see those breasts, Graham. <laughs> nobody wants to see them. Fair enough, Sophie. Wow. That was good fun did we did we swear quite a bit more than usual is it, we had we had uh uh l p then we had sophie i think that 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 brought out the the bad language in us, Graham.
1: yeah, I think so. I think we were quite loose with this one. um I remember it being incredibly fun
0: yeah, well you know what i had a, I had a spare half hour, so I listened to the whole discography this morning <laughs> um didn't take very long. There wasn't a lot there, but I mean, it, yeah, it was. I actually did listen to quite a bit of um, stuff this morning to get myself in the mood, and yeah, this was such a great. This, like, I think, I said it at the end of the episode, but it was just such a complete pleasure to listen to all this stuff. Such a different mood to get into. Like, was there a single dour moment across the whole of this discography? You know what I mean? It's just pure fizzy, sugary pleasure. I find. This yeah, bit. it's pure joy. Even the parts where it gets a bit spooky, it's it's fun. Mm little bit, sometimes a little bit spooky, but it's all got tongue in cheek, isn't it, Graham? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Tongue firmly in cheek. Firmly in cheek. Um, is there anything you've continued listening to? I know you were kind of already listening to a bit of Sophie stuff before.
1: Yeah, I was already listening to a bit of Sophie, but now I guess now it's cemented that I'll always be listening to Sophie all the
0: time, yeah, yeah. I guess. I'd, I'd, um, what about you? I, uh, I actually stuck with uh, Bayside. I know, I know my vibe when I hear it. I see a ten, eye <laughs> attack. I just love it. Yeah, I, I even stick on the songs that I said I didn't like in the episode. I do like them. <laughs> so there you go. Um, Sophie, that's all she wrote. Uh, we're obviously got one more episode to go, one more producer to go at least here. Yeah. Um. So we're sticking around for a little while longer. If you want to find out what's going on with us, the best way to do that is to subscribe. It means you'll get a new episode from us every Tuesday. You can subscribe anywhere you might reasonably expect to be able to find podcasts. How else can people keep up to date with us, Graham?
1: You can find us uh, at Instagram, um, Pod, And we've got loads of great content there. So give us a like, give us a follow.
0: You can also find us on Spotify. Why do people want to find us on Spotify, James? Because every episode of production wide is paired production wide production wise is paired with an excellent playlist which plumbs the far reaches and depths of our producers' discographies. The Sophie playlist is no exception. It was another Graham masterpiece putting together uh all the 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 kind of more obscure tunes the obscure edits, the remixes, and obviously the big poppy stuff as well. That's just a lot of fun, that playlist. I recommend giving it a listen. Uh, We'll be back next Tuesday, and we will be talking about the early work of the legendary Tony Visconti. It's a big season finale, isn't it? It's going to be huge. It's huge. It's so huge we're only going to be doing about 10 years of his music. Um, so th- there's a lot, there's a lot to cram in there, but there's 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 tons of great stuff to be discussing. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Graham looks very excited about it. We will see you next Tuesday. Have fun. Have a good week. And um, yeah, keep it whipped and creamy. Bye, beep, beep.